every time we're together, it's overshadowed by the fact that someone's missing, someone very important, and their life is missing. You know, maybe him and any children he may have had. My husband lost his only son. You're listening to River City Mystery Podcast, the show that delves into the Evansville and surrounding tri-state area's mysteries, including unsolved crimes, murders, and disappearances, a show that isn't afraid to jump down the rabbit hole to investigate reports of local hauntings, sightings of UFOs and cryptids, among other paranormal phenomena. With your host, co-founder of the Humans of Evansville Facebook page, law office worker by day, insomniac researcher of the unknown by night, Matt Dyg. And that would be me, and welcome to episode 5. On the evening of January 16th, 2015, 20-year-old Blake Cruz is house-sitting for a so-called friend in Henderson, Kentucky. Blake had spent the entire day trying to unsuccessfully print some business cards for a new business he was trying to start. He wanted to start a business teaching drum lessons. Blake loved music, and he was, he was good. He was a member of the marching band at his high school, and he was recruited by Kentucky Wesleyan to help revive their percussion for their band, which he did, and he did a good job of it. And he was in jazz band and played in other several bands, so that was definitely something he enjoyed doing. So he really was looking forward to teaching drum lessons and maybe making a little extra money at the same time. As Blake is house-sitting that evening, I can imagine him sitting at the couch maybe poking away at the laptop, trying to tweak his business card uh, logo, maybe that design, getting it just right. He tweets at 7.02 p.m., watching Groundhog Day on VHS all night. What happens between 7.02 p.m. and midnight that night remains unknown. But what is known is that around midnight, a call was made to the Kentucky State Police reporting a burglary in progress. When police arrived, they found Blake Cruz lying in the doorway, shot multiple times in the face. The young man who just a few hours earlier was so excited about starting a new chapter in his life lie dead in the doorway in a senseless murder that to this day remains unsolved. As I was doing my research, I wanted to get to know who Blake was. I don't just want to view this as another unsolved crime with faceless victims. Um, I wanted to get to know what kind of loss this was for the community, his family, for his friends. I had the opportunity to speak with his mother, Donna, his sister, Amanda, his friends, Kyle and Brandon, as well as some other people associated with this case. And you're going to hear some of their interviews in this later in this episode. I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of the case as far as the crime scene and all of the suspects and everything. I want this to be more of a, I want this to draw attention to the case itself and for the community to realize what kind of loss this was. And maybe that would trigger someone to step forward with some information that might lead down a path where this case can be solved. Blake's family and friends deserve peace and closure and justice. 
They need to know what happened to Blake and why, and to know that the person or people responsible pay for this. It's been reported that this particular house that Blake was watching is well known as being a bit of a drug house. People coming and going at all hours of the night. So it's easy to assume that this is some sort of a drug-related shooting, maybe gang-related, something along those lines. But this doesn't add up based on my conversations with Blake's family and friends. Blake was not a drug dealer. He was not into heavy drugs. He was a member of the marching band at high school and in the college. He was a state bowling champion on the academic team. He participated in the uh, Science Olympiad. He was active in his fraternity, the Sigma Nu fraternity. He participated in mission trips and youth groups. He was active in the Kentucky YMCA Youth Association. He wasn't the type of person who would be caught up in some sort of a drug, drug shooting um, situation. As a matter of fact, during his junior year in high school, Blake went on a mission trip to Arizona. And during that trip, he kept a journal. And on one of the entries he wrote, may have fed 473 families, but through those I fed my soul. Through the tasks I did, I affirmed that my being here is reasonable. That I'm here to do big things and change lives. Not just others, but also my own. This young man obviously wanted to do good things and had a good heart. And this is one of the main reasons I picked this case to look into. Like I said, I don't want to go into the nuts and bolts of the particular case and all of the details and the suspects. I do suggest checking out Lorden Art's YouTube video. Uh, John Lorden did a great job going into all of the details of the case. I'm not going to do any better than he did. So I have a link to the video in my show notes. So I suggest checking that out if you want to know the details of the case. Kentucky State Police Trooper Corey King recently released a YouTube video summarizing this case and giving an update. And this is audio from that video. Every parent aspires to witness their child's milestones. But for the parents of Blake Cruz, that has all been taken away. You see, Blake was brutally murdered in cold blood while staying at a home in Henderson, Kentucky. Here's the backstory. Our agency responded to a burglary in progress call in the 500 block of Fairmont Avenue in Henderson, Kentucky. When responding troopers arrived, they noticed the front door open to the residence, but inside was the body of 20-year-old Blake Cruz. Blake had been shot multiple times, yet no one else was located inside the residence. Eight of Blake's so-called friends were charged with offenses unrelated to his murder. However, it is widely speculated that this investigation is drug-related. Our agency has received numerous tips, and our detectives have exhausted those tips and leads to no avail. I am respectfully requesting of you to help me not only bring the person or persons responsible for Blake's death to justice, but also the satisfaction of providing closure to the Cruz family. And if that's not enough, you may also be awarded up to $15,000 cash for the information that led to the arrest and conviction of those persons responsible for his death. 
Hopefully someone steps up and does the right thing and tells the police what they know if they do know something. Even as minor as it may be, it may be that one little nugget that gets this case solved. Donna Cruz, Blake's mom, agreed to talk to me, which I very much appreciate. Donna, thanks for joining me on the show. I'm very sorry for your loss. I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to talk to me. Now, one thing that stood out as I was looking into your son's case was the fact that Blake didn't seem to belong in this house he was in. He doesn't seem like he was the type of person who would have been dragged into some sort of a a drug deal gone bad or something like that. Can you tell us a little bit about Blake and, and what your thoughts are on that? Blake was never the type of person that you would ever thought would have been involved in a situation like this. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, he was a normal, normal um, young adult and enjoyed going out with friends and stuff. But he had such wide circles of friends because he was a musician and he was a college student and he was, you know, involved in a lot of different things. When it comes to, you know, just activities in general, like I, like you have read before, you know, he did go on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. Um, he marched in band, but he also was in jazz band and uh, he was heavily recruited by his college to get their band started again because they their band had I don't have the right term, but their band needed restarting and, and he was recruited given a really big scholarship, more than music majors, I was told, and he was not a music major. And he was he was uh, in charge of getting that percussion section going, which he did. And he, he did indoor drumline, which was a choreographed thing where, where he played these tenors. And he, he was in marching band for several years. And he could play every style of music. I watched his audition and I was just flabbergasted about his talent. I had no idea he had so much talent until I saw him audition and move from one style of music to the next to the next and do about 15 different styles of drums. And then then he played in some little hometown rock bands and performed at the Kentucky Farm Bureau uh, thing. Some of his best friends were governor scholars. Mm-hmm, right. Nothing that we ever will do will bring back my son or restore our life to its, you know, former condition. It, it just isn't going to happen. But it would be good to know the answers and for someone to actually be held responsible for their actions so that we can at least close that chapter of our life and finish living the rest of ours. And then my beliefs happen to tell me that I'm going to see my son one day and that I'm going to heaven and I'm going to be with him. So I know it's not happening here on earth. It's just, I just think that it's, necessary for us to finish living our lives to know and have someone held responsible an innocent life was taken and someone out there is still walking around having done that oh absolutely and i'm honestly surprised that there haven't been any arrests directly related to blake's murder Uh, initially there were arrests of 
some of those people who were initially in the house, but uh, none of them were charged with his murder. They were charged with failure to report a death, and some others received some drug charges, but nothing, nothing about the death specifically. Now, Donna, I know you're, you've got your daughter, Amanda Miller, Blake's sister, next to you. I wanted to give her an opportunity to chime in if she had anything to, to say about the investigation or about Blake, anything she'd like to. She's going to talk here in a second. <laughs> She's just struggling. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. Um, <laughs> I understand. I guess our our main questions or my main question would be um, with the involvement of the KSP in this case um, and only the KSP in this, in this case, which has been apparent from jump. Why is the city police not able to help solve this case? I understand it's not within the city limits. Fine. But if they know their citizens best, then why wouldn't they be of assistance? Or maybe they've not been asked, or I don't know. That is a big question for me. We can't um, understand why there's three police agencies here in this in this town alone. The, the, the sheriff, the state police, and the city police. And then you have other agencies also with that. Why can't everybody work together and actually get a resolution to this and, and figure out what actually happened to, to our son. You know, that's one thing that's just bothered us so badly. I, well, I can't even imagine the frustration that you all must be feeling, thinking maybe they're not doing 100% of what they could be. How often are you talking to the investigators? Um, are you talking to them regularly? Yeah, well, for the longest time, I would always contact the state police. And like I said, weekly and monthly. And now I think I'm down to uh, monthly and every other monthly because they never have anything to share. Um, So, but early, very early on, I asked for coordination and uh, it's essentially a political thing. You wouldn't believe all of the things that I have heard about this uh, situation, you know, and I know this isn't the direction that you want to take with your podcast. But it's overwhelming when you have something um, that's happened like this and then it Mm -hmm. just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it turns into, well, this is a political matter and this is a matter we don't have enough manpower and this is a matter of, you know. Well, and the case has changed hands so many times. Yeah, there's been a lot of different detectives assigned, which can be Mm -hmm. good and or bad Mm -hmm. uh, in a couple of ways, but. Um, you know, um, all we want to know is the very basic who's responsible for this and can you have them prosecuted? No, definitely. We've just lost the most precious and dear thing to us. And we're just expected to just accept anything that we get. And, and we are just having a terrible time doing that. Um, and hearing people talk to us about all the issues that prevent them from solving the case and, and making that into a big political or pissing match between police agencies. Now, do you think there's a particular reason they're not coordinating or maybe not moving along as quickly as you'd like them to? Uh, is there something, like you said, political going on here? I don't think it's for a particular reason, but I do think the Henderson police could probably be very 
instrumental in in getting some of these things solved. I really do. Um, this happened barely outside the city limits, like a, not even a mile outside of the city limits, right? Yes. Well, anyway, and we have. I have contacts inside the police that yeah you know, I talked to very early on, and they they did not sound like they were actively working this case in any kind of way. So it led me to believe that no, this is not being you know worked together. This is not any kind of coordination whatsoever. And I asked for coordination very early on, specifically, mm-hmm. you know. Do you know if anyone else has reached out to those individuals who were arrested in 2015 but not charged with Blake's death to see if they would uh, provide any statements? We would love to see that happen because the media declined, actually, just just to be uh, upfront with that. And, And the one person that declined to do that was a younger reporter who said that she was fearful of doing that. Of course, I'm not as suggesting that someone try to have face to face. I mean, phone calls and stuff can happen, you know, but they didn't feel comfortable doing that themselves. I don't think they were forbidden. I just know it wasn't going to happen through that particular reporter. But, you know, um, I feel like we have cried so much. We've cried out. We've cried. Our insides are just, you know, destroyed with just all of the grief that comes along with something like this. And um, no, Blake would never want us to be this way. Um, No child would ever want their parent to be this way. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I changed. Part of me died with Blake. My daughter has pointed out that she feels like she's lost a part of her mother. And we've had issues spring up in our family that have created problems because this is just one of the most horrific things to ever deal with. I can't even imagine. I'm wondering, does this affect your ability to go out in the public, like, to go to Walmart or whatever. Are you looking around, maybe subconsciously looking around and wondering, is that the person who did it? Uh, were they involved? Are they not talking? Does that affect your ability to function in everyday life? Or have you moved past that phase? Or were you ever in that phase? I'm just kind of curious about how that, not knowing how that affects your daily life. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, uh, in the first couple of years, all I could think about is how did this happen? Why did this happen? How could I have stopped it? There's a tremendous pain and guilt and and every emotion that you can imagine. You're never the same person ever again, ever. When I, When my son died, a part of me died with him. Oh, I can't even fathom what that loss must be like. It's the worst nightmare of any parent to have to go through. I was wondering, do either of you have a a funny story you'd like to share uh, about Blake? Well, there's a few. I have two that stick out in my mind, and my mom loves the first one. 
And it is the first one whenever, because um, he was in band and they were having to do these band pictures as, you know, oh. you, you have your composite pictures that hang on the wall in the school. Um, and he and his friends decided that they were going to make horrible faces in them, basically. Um, and everybody uh, came to out. the time. Yes. And everybody took it out except for Blake. <laughs> and then so imagine my mom's horror as she's coming to the school to look at pictures and this is all she sees. <laughs> and so that one is just it just complete Blake. Uh, that is absolutely Blake. Um, he, he was just he uh, he marched to the tune of his own drum. That is for true. sure. <laughs> and as cliche as that sounds, he was his own man. <laughs> I, I'm going to just have to fill in something here. Go ahead. He was literally his own man. <laughs> when he was about 18 or 19, I used to love to shop and still love to shop at the Goodwill. <laughs> well, he decided he liked Goodwill, too. He liked vintage things. So one day he comes home from the Goodwill. I didn't know he was going there. And he has a pair of shoes that he called his chuckas. I don't even know what a chucka is, except for it was like a leather boot that laced up and he just loved them. And he came home and he was slapping the inside of his hand with the backside of his other hand, making that. And he says, these were four bones. I said, oh, my gosh. And he wore them and wore them and wore them. and. He actually was wearing those, I believe, the night his life was taken. Um, but he loved those. And I think we had to, he wore them so much, we may have had to get the toe repaired because it came unglued. But they were very nicely made. And then once he got a pair of the most hideous uh, crocodile leather looking gray uh Italian shoes and he had large feet and he thought they were just great. I still have those and he thought he only wore them a few times, but he said he would absolutely wear those and I didn't think he would, but he did wear them a couple of times. They were hideous. They look something like from what the fifties, maybe. Mm -hmm. And they were terrible. And then he'd go shopping out of his grandfather's closet. And he'd grab all of his sweaters with the elbow pads on them and the big buttons, you know, the kind that have the look like leather buttons. Mm -hmm. Oh, he loved those. He loved all that vintage looking stuff. And he just wasn't a things person. He did like certain types of stuff, but he didn't mind to stand out. He had red hair, and he chose his own haircut, and everybody else followed him. And he just he just was his own man. He definitely sounds like it. And it sounds like he also got along with a wide variety of people. He made friends with all kinds of people in the marching band and all the different groups he was in. So it sounds like he made all kinds of friends. Yes, he did. And one time when he was carrying the fifth base for the marching band, he fell over a kid backwards who was in a wheelchair. And the two of them were laughing until they about peed on themselves yeah. on the ground. They thought it was hilarious. 
but Blake loved everybody. He didn't look at people and notice differences. I mean, of course he noticed the kid was in a wheelchair, but the kid was in the band. And, you know, he just loved everybody. He didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't feel bad about people. He didn't have, he thought everybody was basically a good person. He, he could have been an old soul for all I know. We have millions of good stories and good memories of him. And I just wish that people would, I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel like, I mean, this is my son. Obviously I think he's the most important thing on the planet. Practically. I have two living children that are, you know, they are equally as important and all my grandchildren. I have eight grandchildren. So every one of them are so special and so important to me. But obviously I think Blake was, you know, just, he was just super. And I, maybe I should think everybody else should feel like he was that way too. And I wish they would speak his name. I I think they might feel like they may hurt me if they speak, speak his name, but it brings me tremendous joy to hear them tell me stories or to send me a picture I've never seen or, ask me for a bracelet, you know, um, just any of those things just bring me joy. And my hope is that the more people who hear this podcast will maybe talk about Blake's story and maybe it'll trigger someone who knows something to come forward and, and provide that piece of information that breaks the case. I hope so. And, um, People need to realize what a loss to the community this was, not only to your family and to his friends, but to the community. I really do think it was a loss to the community. I really do. I think he would have gone on to do something special. What? I'm not sure. I really feel like he was a special person with, you know, I just think he would have been very successful and helpful. And I I don't know. I mean, I sense that he might even, you know, get get near uh, helping other people like in a social work kind of fashion, not being a social worker, but because I didn't really encourage that. It's a, it's a hard way to make a living actually, but you know, it is, it is, but there's great ways in social work to help other people. It doesn't have to be always sad stuff or scary stuff or, you know, and, and he just really, cared about other people um you know i could see him helping someone who was less fortunate but i could also see him helping you know um people that uh are you know like maybe autistic or um intellectually disabled or whatever um so i i don't know i just think he had he had his gifts for sure and I think that he was well equipped with gifts and someone just robbed us, completely robbed us. Um, I know that I said before, I wish they would have come and shot me. I would have given them anything. Someone out there knows something and they're, for whatever reason, not willing to come forward with that information. I hope that someone hears this and changes their mind and maybe this puts them over the edge as far as 
what they needed to hear to to come forward and, and say what they need to say to the police. Right. And I just, you know, as these people grow older and they become parents, maybe it will touch their heart. As their child gets older, if they can ever imagine what it would be like to lose their child this way, I don't want to leave this earth without knowing. I guess I worry about that. But, um, you know, the hard thing here is having these questions and presenting these questions to people who might be able to shed light on them. And the first thing is just saying them out loud in the first place. And you've helped us do that. Thank you. And I have reached out to all of the individuals who were arrested in 2015 um, to see if they would like to say anything, to maybe clear their name or to offer explanations of uh, maybe how that night played out exactly. And I've heard back from one of them. So I'm going to be talking to that person shortly. So that should be interesting. I mean, anything you're willing to do, our family just appreciates so much. Well, it's, it's not that much. And it's the least I can do to maybe help bring some closure and whatever it's I can. Not, it's not... It's definitely not little to us. Mm -hmm. Just you calling us and asking us to talk to you means a lot to us. So anything you do is huge to us. Thank you. And I want to thank you and Amanda for joining me on today's show. I very much appreciate that. I really can't thank you enough for wanting to, you know, help us out. You're very welcome. And I will pass any information I receive along if I talk to somebody or have anything I think you may be interested in, I'll pass it along okay. to you. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I thank you so much for all your, all your time and your insights. I also had the opportunity to speak with Brandon Beanie and Kyle Putman, two of Blake's really good friends. Brandon and Kyle, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Now, how did you guys come to know Blake? Uh, well, I personally, I, I mean, I met him just through school. I met him about freshman year of high school and just mutual friends. We sat at the same lunch table and that's how we got close. Yeah. So this is Brandon, by the way, but uh, we actually, we were in band together. I met him in probably seventh grade in middle school and we were both in uh, percussion and we actually uh, went through band together all throughout high school and uh, marching band and all that stuff. He was a, such a good guy, man. Like I said, we, we all hung out with uh, Jonah Polly. He was a really good guy. And uh, he was a part of our friend group with uh, Kyle and uh, and Chris. Yeah, um, that's that's another one that we need to touch on, too, is our friend Jonah Polly. Him and Blake were very close. They had separated a little bit, like just life happened after high school jonah went off to college and started pursuing his career and everything but yeah pretty much we all met through going to the same school growing up in henderson i mean i mean he said he sounds like he was in like a wide variety of you know organizations like a state bowling champion and like uh he just had a wide net of friends and people he was hanging out with that's why some people were kind of shocked he was kind of hanging out with the people he might have been on that last night when he, you know, he was kind of friends with people like you guys and then, you know, hanging out with maybe a little more shady 
groups of people. So, yeah. well, it's not even that. It was it, the shock factor of what happened was how could somebody have done this to Blake? Because the man had literally no enemies whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. I mean, after knowing him for as long as we did, we would have picked up on any slight enemy that he would have had. And there wasn't one whatsoever. Yeah. And from what everyone I've talked to, that's pretty much the uh, common theme is that he had no enemies and everybody loved him. And it, it couldn't have been like a targeted thing. He was, you know, do you guys think he was just literally in the wrong place at the wrong time? 100%. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's what we talked about. There, there's no way that whoever would have done that. There's no way that they could have known who, who Blake was because if they if they would have known or recognized him whatsoever, they wouldn't have been able to do that because anybody that knew him knew what kind of person he was. Right. Do you, I mean, and the details of the case are pretty, you know, sketchy. There's not a whole lot, but it sounds like there were several people who walked over his body and nobody called the police and it was just uh is there a thinking or you know do you think that maybe someone does know something um and just isn't talking there maybe they're afraid of retribution or you know honestly i i personally have no idea on that matter at all i I, I could give you the slightest bit of clue but we really don't know i wish we did and beyond that i mean even though like some people might think they were shady or whatever. I, I, we weren't personally close with many of those people whatsoever, but anybody that was close to Blake, I couldn't imagine walking in and seeing him in that state. However, he was when they saw him that, that shock factor alone is enough to traumatize and scare somebody in general. Hey, do you guys have any special stories that you'd like to share about Blake? He was just a really outgoing guy. I don't know if I really have anything specific other than being in band with him all the time. Uh, but, you know, he just, he was always like the funniest guy around. You know, he, he would make you laugh and make you smile no matter what, no matter who you were. Without even trying to. That, that's what was so special. It was just him being himself. I, I would look forward to the, uh, we had like marching band competitions and I, I would look forward to it just based off of, uh, you know, being there with Blake and everybody else. Like Blake was definitely uh, one of my favorite people. One one particular uh, memory that sticks out for me, uh, for both of us too. It uh, we all we all three and another friend of ours. Uh, right after we graduated high school, this was about July 2012. Uh, we all took a trip to Chicago, Illinois. We're we're all 18. Got that freedom on us, and we all went up to Chicago to go to a music festival called Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. And that was just insanely fun i mean just having your best friends around you're young nobody's ever been to a big city and we go someplace like chicago it was just oh man it it was so great now blake had all kinds of interests he was in all kinds of groups and clubs and had all kinds of different kinds of friends and music was a big part of his life yeah music was a big part of his life ever since you know like i said seventh grade uh that was a uh when he started in band with me Music and uh, percussion, especially, was just a, a giant thing, a giant part of him. And I know when he went to Wesley, and he, he, you know, participated in the band a lot there too. He he had such a big heart too. He he had so many things that 
interested him and that he could have pursued. I'm, I remember him talking about going into the field of caring for animals he at one point. Animals. Yeah. And he, he was so smart too, man. He, he, he was one that could have done anything and could have left a, a good print on this world. Like that, like there's good guys. And then there, there was Blake. I mean, it like you can't compare the two sometimes that's who he was. And the fact that the person who did this is out there free is disturbing. So hopefully we can get the word out and maybe this will make a, make a difference. Yeah. I mean, if this does, that's great because anybody that knows me and Brandon, we're not the two, the type of guys to do stuff like this. But when it comes to Blake, I mean, anything that would help. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to me. I appreciate that. Do you guys ever talk to any of the the people who were at the house that night that Blake was shot? Yeah, I mean, I'm not in touch with too many of them at all. Ones that I am, I mean, we we had different relationships with Blake, so it, and it's still hard for any of us to talk about him because I mean it. <laughs> It hurts. <laughs> That's just the only way to put it. I can definitely understand that. And before I talk to you guys, I talked to Blake's mom, Donna, and she had actually suggested that I talk to you guys because you guys are so close. So I appreciate that you guys took the time out of your day to talk to me. Yeah, for sure. I, I, because I, I want to see what she has to say, too. I mean, it, our hearts go out to her 100 percent. And we have all the love in the world for her. It, I hate how life and work schedules go uh, we can't see or talk to her as much as we'd like but we still have all the love in the world for her. guys thank you for joining me today on the show i appreciate it we appreciate you doing this too thanks take care all right take care i attempted to reach out to the eight who were charged with either drug offenses or not reporting the death of a person to see if any of them had any statements or comments the only response I got was from the account of Jacob McLaughlin. His girlfriend, Katie Robb, actually contacted me from his account and said that Jacob was currently in a substance abuse program, but that she wanted to talk. So this is some of our conversation. I know the police are leaving a lot of details out because they want different people, you know, different people are coming forward and they want to see um, if they're just people of just like hearsay shit, like bullshit, or they want to like actually like find somebody that actually knows, knows something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like know some of the details, like they're leaving out, whatever. Um, because I'm, I'm sure there's like a bunch of wackos like going up there and telling them all kinds of crazy shit, like, or you know, a conspiracy or whatever. But um, I think that the police are just basically um, what waiting around for someone to turn, because you know the reward went up to fifteen thousand, mm-hmm. and um, I think the police right now are just waiting around for the the right the like someone to feel guilty or want that money enough to where they're going to turn in whoever, whoever, you know what I mean? Somebody has to know, like, and someone didn't do this alone, you know what I mean? Like somebody has to know. Your boyfriend, Jacob was arrested on drug charges. Uh, how exactly was he tied in with this case? Um, it's really is a shame. Like, um, I know it's going to sound typical, but it really is a shame that he even got like, in this mess, whole mess to begin with, um, he hadn't seen, he, he like, and you know, he had really hadn't seen Blake in years mm. or talked to him in years. Um, the thing is, is that 
they um the police uh interrogated him they picked him up from work and interrogated him for so long that he had a seizure really? um yeah he um um the only reason i think i mean because you know all the re- the rest of the guys that were charged were charged with you know failure to report a death and mm-hmm. um all the, like all that or whatever and i think that he basically just um had drug charges like they literally got him from work and interrogated him and you know i kept asking him, he's like he didn't know he really didn't know shit you know and um the and i kept asking him like well why would they and i believe him you know what i mean like but i kept asking him because i was trying to piece it in my head like why would they fucking you know like question like just pick you up out of note out of you know all these random motherfuckers like why would they pick you up and right. excuse my language but all these random people and just you know throw you in the mix like um i was like have you did you keep in contact with any of them and apparently he had sold one of them i think I believe it was the owner of the home the younger younger brother he had sold him some clonopins a couple clonopins or whatever a couple days maybe a week before this happened and um also um He's kind of known for getting in, like, I mean, the guns are never, like, he's he's known for, like, basically buying guns and then, like, either they're stolen from him or, like, you know, whatever. And um, uh, I guess, I mean, that's the only thing I can even think of is, like, the police inter- wanted to know who he had might have sold the gun to recently or traded or, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the police are, you know, interrogating the others and they're like, well, because he got arrested after them, after the fact or whatever. And, uh, and basically, um, that's all I can think of. Like, um, you know what I mean? Like just putting two together, my, my sense. I mean, I grew up across the street from him and his mom, Donna. Oh, really? So it's, yeah. So it's, it's, and I mean, me and Donna are really like, well, we used to be like, keep in touch, you know, and we're really good friends for the, um, but it's just, it really is. I don't know. It really is. a. a it's, I, I can't even explain it. Like it, it could, it's like. Yes, I felt like it's going to be like another Heather T case where they're just going mm. to see posters for it everywhere, like years and years from now. And it's just like, it makes me so disgusted. Mm. Well, I, I want to thank you for joining me today and sharing a little bit of what you, what you know. Uh, I know you're going out on a bit of a limb here, so I appreciate that. And I'm really glad you're doing this. Like, I really, I, like, thank you for doing this. Like, I really just hope it, um, I hope like that you, you can get s- s- at least somewhere with this. I encourage anyone who knows anything that they think may be useful in this case to call the Kentucky State Police Post 16 at 270-826-3312 or call anonymously at 800-222-5555 and tell them what you know. You never know, that little bit of information may be what it takes to crack the case. And that brings us to a close. If you'd like to discuss this case or any of the other episodes, you're welcome to join my Discord server at rivercitymystery.com slash Discord. Until next time, take care.